Hello and welcome back to another edition of Viper Bites and another edition of our Sunday Night Football Primetime Preview. We've got the 5-3-1 Pittsburgh Steelers heading to Los Angeles to take on the 5-4 and four Chargers. Look, this has some serious wild card implications going down. Every team in the AFC North has five wins. Every team in the AFC West has five wins. We're going to dive into the tail of the tape, but in a minute, first... Make sure if you're listening to us on the Vipers Network on YouTube that you hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. Let's boost that algorithm a little bit up there and get a little bit more love for the Vipers Network. And if you're listening to us on any of those podcasting platforms, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Anchor, make sure you take a second and rate and review. Let's get that a little bit of a boost there as well while we're at it. And as always, if you've got questions, I've got the answers. Well, I got some answers. Hopefully, some are better than others, but make sure to leave them in the comments section or hit me up on Twitter at Matt Donnelly FF, and I'll get back to you right away. Now, let's dive into this one because there's a lot of material to cover, and we try and keep these shows nice and short to keep my attention right where it needs to be. Now, first, let's head over to the Pittsburgh Steelers sideline and talk about the quarterback position or lack thereof quarterbacking in Ben Roethlisberger and Mason Rudolph. How bad is Mason Rudolph? Well, he tied the Detroit Lions last week, okay? Tying the Lions. Now, look, Steelers Nations, you know and I know that we need to find a replacement for Ben Roethlisberger. But fantasy football enthusiasts, you've probably and should have already moved on a couple years back. If you were entrusting your squad with either one of these signal callers this week, there's not much I can do to help you. Now, Roethlisberger... He missed last week due to COVID protocols. He basically checked in and says, hey, I got some symptoms. Good, mature of you, leader, all that fun stuff. Now, Roethlisberger is near the bottom when it comes to air yards per completion, 4.6 this season, and has a PFF pass rate of 60.2 versus disguised coverages. And it's still an upgrade on what Mason Rudolph provides. Okay, that's that's where we're at there. Now, whomever is under center for this one, good luck as the Chargers are sixth in the league when it comes to defending fantasy production from the quarterback position, allowing 15.3 fantasy points per game. They're also third in passing yards allowed, 1,973, and third in passing touchdowns allowed, allowing only 12 on this campaign. Now, heading over to the running back position, Najee Harris. He comes into this one as the RB4 on the season. Not the rookie running back four, but the overall running back four, producing 176 fantasy points and recording 16 or more points in every game this year, besides his rookie debut all the way back in week one. Harris has seen at least three targets in every game thus far and has 20 or more carries in each of the last five contests. Over the last five games, 78 scrimmage yards has been his lowest output, and even then, he managed to find pay dirt. As good as the Chargers have been in defending against the quarterback and receivers, running backs have been their Achilles heel this season. Harris will face the 26th ranked defense at stopping fantasy running backs this year, and they have allowed 1,150 rushing yards, which is the most in the NFL. Yes, that is even more than the Texans and what the Jets have allowed. Add in another 229 receiving yards to backs this year. And yes, they have also given up 12 touchdowns, which happens to be the second most. A little bit behind the Jets, but more on that another time. And Harris, guess what? He's going to have a big day, regardless of whomever is under center. Now, who's going to be catching passes? Well, we're going to lean towards Deontay Johnson. 
but he's already at a disadvantage compared to his fellow wide receivers in the National Football League, having to work with Ben Roethlisberger or Mason Rudolph. And now he faces that stingy Chargers defense when it comes to the wide receiver position. They have allowed, the Chargers have, the second fewest fantasy points per game to receivers this season, the second fewest yards, 1,161, and the second fewest touchdown to wide receivers, five. So to recap, a defense that clamps down on wide receivers, doesn't allow any yards, doesn't allow touchdowns, and you probably are dealing with Mason Rudolph under center. Johnson, sorry, buddy, you are a strong fade for me this week. The one thing Johnson does have going for him is volume. He has seen 13 targets four times in the last six games and double-digit targets in all but two games this year while recording 11 or more fantasy points in every game this season. So maybe I'm fading him, but maybe you might want to get him in your lineup there, but temper those expectations. Now, Chase Claypool, his status is still up in the air, but Tomlin did say that Claypool would practice this week and with a little extra time could be ready for this one. But I'd have a contingency plan in place just in case. Perhaps James Washington or one of the Giants or Bucks wide receivers, they come to mind here. If none are available, I would still strongly consider sitting Claypool as he's been fairly ineffective the last few weeks. Claypool, 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 Claypool can be found in fantasy circles right around that wide receiver 47 mark. But in the last three games, Claypool has failed to record 50 or more receiving yards in any of them. And comparing last season, Claypool, he was a touchdown maker then to this, to this point right now, he's only got one to date. Heck, even James Washington now has a touchdown. That coming last week against the Detroit Lions, really the only guy who scored for Pittsburgh was James Washington. The only value Washington has may be with Mason Rudolph under center because when Ben was under center, Washington was only targeted 18 times in eight games, whereas Rudolph, he was targeted six times last week. At tight end, fire up Pat Friermuth. He is a tight end six since week six. Say that five times fast. I can't. I can barely speak English. If you if you tuned in for the Thursday night football preview, you know how hot Hunter Henry has been. Well, everything I said then rings true now when talking about Fairmouth. Three of his last four games have resulted in double-digit fantasy production with three touchdowns in two games prior to last week's odd contest against the Lions. Over the last four games, Fairmouth has been targeted 29 times and fifth among tight ends in touchdowns. Add in that a favorable match against the Chargers in this one, as LA has allowed the fifth most fantasy points per game to tight end, 16.56, and have allowed 583 passing yards or receiving yards in this situation, which is ninth, and six touchdowns, which happens to be second. Now, we talked all good about what we're dealing with here for the Steelers. Now let's talk about some Chargers and starting off with Justin Herbert, who is looking to get back on track after a somewhat ordinary performance last week against the Vikings. In that contest, Herbert threw for 195 yards and one touchdown to go along with an interception. It was his third outing in the last four in which he failed to throw for more than 225 yards, thus resulting in a sub-16 point performance over that same period. It doesn't get any easier this week either, as the Steelers are allowing the eighth fewest fantasy points per game this year, holding opposing quarterbacks to an average of 16.02 fantasy points per game and allowing only 244 yards passing per contest. At running back, Austin Eckler, he comes into this one as the RB7 over the last seven weeks and the RB3 on the season based on the strength of eight double-digit scoring contests in nine contests so far this year. Eckler has found a way to score 
all season and has nine total touchdowns. And he sits one back of uh, Derrick Henry, who hasn't played in a while, Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, and three back of James Conner. Yes, that James Conner. Now, when it comes to defending fantasy backs, the Steelers have done a good job at limiting production, ranking fifth in average points allowed, 20.52. But here's the thing. They have not allowed them to find the end zone. So far, they've been scored on four times this year on the ground, and teams have had a little bit of success moving the ball. But in fantasy football, it's all about them tutties. Now, heading over to guys who can score touchdowns, we've seen Keenan Allen and company face a Steelers team that got a friendly boost in fantasy last week as they faced the Lions in a game where offense was non-existent. Nobody wanted to win that game, let's be honest. Pittsburgh comes into this one as the 19th ranked team allowing receivers to average 35.84 fantasy points per game and the 11th most touchdowns 10 keenan allen is 14th in receiving yards 698 14th in fantasy points 146.8 and third in receptions with 65 he has been as consistent as they come this year recording double digit fantasy points in all nine contests thus far this season and has five or more receptions in eight of nine games while averaging 10.7 yards per reception and 7.5 yards per target he has put up this kind of fantasy success despite Mike Williams receiving all the end zone love early on in the season, recording only two touchdowns himself in the nine games that the Chargers have played. Speaking of Mike Williams, he has basically been a Jekyll and Hyde all season. Weeks one to five, he was the wide receiver two in scoring 116 points in five games. From weeks six to 10, he is the wide receiver 80. Let, let me repeat that. Weeks 6 to 10, wide receiver 80 with only 23.7 fantasy points. Yes, there was a bye week thrown in there, but that's 5.9 fantasy points per game on average. First five weeks, six touchdowns. Last four games, zero. In five of six, uh, five of six games here, the last five or six, Williams has failed to record more than eight fantasy points while still managing to get eight targets in each game over that period. He's getting targets, but he's not producing. Something to keep in mind in this contest. Now, I'm not sure if Josh Palmer is addicted to love, but he did ha drop 22 yards on the Vikings on two catches. Okay, if I'm being honest here, I just added Palmer to the show sheet for one, you know, because I added James Washington on the other side. And two, I really wanted to make an addicted to love Robert Palmer type reference on the show. Now, heading over to the tight end position, Jared Cook draws the 12th ranked fantasy defense against tight ends this season. And the Steelers are allowing 10.66 fantasy points per game and have given up only two touchdowns to the position along with 449 yards. Cook is the tight end 19 on the season for fantasy purposes. If that's what we want to call it, tight end 19, fantasy, eh, not so much. But he has, for the most part, followed a bad game with a double-digit performance in four of, the, of nine contests and has been a viable option for many fantasy managers in that regard. Now, Cook knows what he is, and so do we. He is the fourth option in the passing game behind Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, and it's just a matter of time before Josh Palmer supplants him there as well. With that all being said, I hope you took a good listen to what we had to say about this Sunday Night Football Week 11 preview. If you like what we have to say, make sure to smash that like button. It helps us. We appreciate that. And head over to fantasypoints.com. Get yourself that subscription right now use promo code 21 vipers 10 get 10 off an already great deal and you'll thank me a little bit later till next time we'll see you then